I'm Stephen Jack Pitella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is The Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1943, and today we are talking in depth about the myth of passive income as it applies to uh, buying and selling land. In the beginning, we're going to talk about that. And then ultimately, uh, later, later in the episode, we're going to talk about how it only takes 10 or 15 deals a year to make a million bucks. That's fun when you really think about it and you work it backwards, you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's really is all it takes. You know, like I could do a deal a month and make a million. Yeah. There's a, a, we have a bunch of people who signed up uh, largely because of some promotions that Jill and her staff did uh, at the end of the year. So they're, they're, it's March and they're getting mail out. And there's a lot of uh, chatter in a great, in a very positive way in, in Discord. But you know, I sent a mailer out. I got 12, 12 or thirteen responses back. I uh, and then I do, but there's no deals. <laughs> oh, that's different. Oh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> well, no, oh. there's a deal in there. Oh, I'm sure. That's if, another if, conversation. If you follow the whole, well, that's what we're going to talk about later. But there's deals in all this stuff, mm-hmm. and you don't need to do twenty two deals in in uh, one month. Uh, need to do one, isn't that one funny? great deal well, like, every wait, month. Let's talk about that. When we get to the <laughs> passive income part in the minute here, and we talk about that, and then I have then I have some stuff to say about the twenty two deals in a month. <laughs> hey, I hope you're enjoying uh, this new two thousand and twenty two uh, weekly show. Twenty three, or, or sorry, twenty three version <laughs> of it. Anyway, Jesus, almost the right? first quarter. <laughs> Each week we answer questions from our Land Academy Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar, and then ultimately take a deep dive into the two land-related topics I uh, just mentioned here. And those are all requested on Discord. Now let's take a question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord channel, please go to landacademy.com. It's free in a read-only uh, uh, format, and I really would encourage Not you. Not all the areas, too. I was clicking around it the other day. It's kind of cool. It's like there's more of you. What you see on the Discord from the on, from our website, there's some hidden areas where there's even more deep dive deal discussions. That's why it's a sneak peek, my I dear. No, exactly. <laughs> all right, Bailey wrote, or wait, um, is it? Bailey or David? It's David, sorry. Okay, excuse me. Okay, David wrote, Hi all, kind of a random question. I'm curious if anyone has experienced created, creating mailers for commercial office space. Specifically, I'm looking for 5,000 to 10,000 square feet in the King County uh, area in Washington and 15 to 20,000 square feet in fill in the blank parts of Florida. Right now, just trying to figure out if that criteria is too specific for this type of model before I really spend a lot of time on it. These would be owner-occupied offices for call centers, so could probably expand the criteria to some types of industrial spaces as well. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Jack, why would you put a question like this? We're supposed to be buying and selling land. That's what this show is about. This show is a lot as about a lot more things than buying and selling land. And this person's a, a, a an established commercial real estate agent or broker, mm-hmm. and he's sitting down thinking, well, "Wait a minute! If I can send, I have a database. We have a database of all the people who own land. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people who own real estate. 
we have a, a access through a database uh, for those owners and so do our land academy members there's other databases i have long said I've long threatened myself, not anyone else, threatened myself to do a program on the value of sending direct mail, offers in direct mail for all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. You're only as great as that database. So yeah, yes, we've Jill and I have done this for apartment buildings. We've done it for uh, specific in very urban areas, very specifically zoned property mm -hmm. for future uh uh, future high-rise apartment buildings on behalf of uh, you know one customer or client, mm -hmm. and so we. I had a guy in our group, Joe and I had a guy in Land Academy really early on who took our database after a hailstorm, sent everybody a letter because mm -hmm. he's a, a roofing contractor, mm -hmm. and said if you have these issues uh, with your roof, please give me a call with with great success. So this this concept of sending direct mail with a with a, a serious call to action and to like, I don't want to buy your property. I'm going to buy your, your land for $5,234.22. It's very hard not to respond to that true. Uh, as a recipient. And so if you have a, a, a the owner of office space, you know, a receptive database that's it's workable, I would highly encourage you to do this. Mm -hmm. We, uh, I'm working on a data set right now where we're, Joe and I are, are thinking about expanding well we have to uh, this year buy some commercial buildings before to collect the depreciation for tax reasons for 2023 taxes so and we're going to do the exact same thing mm -hmm. i will send out uh, a mail joe will answer the phones on some very specific tenant driven commercial uh, mm -hmm. triple tenant buildings and yeah it works. works for everything. You know, there's a healthy number of people in our community that have used the Land Academy model like, hey, this is how we're going to find our next cabin, sweetheart. I know where I want my cabin to be. I know the area. I know the zip code. I know exactly how big I want it to be. I know exactly how old I want it to be kind of thing and use it for just any kind of thing. It's really, when you think about it, the, it's a little scary <laughs> what we have at our fingertips. Yeah, it's not just land. It's any it's every real property. estate property, every zoning, it's the whole doggone uh, assessor database nationwide, dream it up with mortgage information. I mean, you can really get granular. If you want to get granular about this, you could. I don't want, okay, so everything you just put in here, and then you could add, I think it's David. And then you could add in, I want a loan, I want a loan uh, that's been in place this long, even loan to value. Like I want to know that they own at least 20% down, you know, they have 20% equity. equity into this building. I want to know its own, you may even be able to, yeah, you know what, you can. You could even dig in and find just the LLC owned ones, you know, uh, or privately owned. Maybe you want to just dig into the mom and pop ones, you know, dream it up. This is a finite data set. It's <clears throat> the database is between 150 million and 155 million contact records. It's awesome for every single every piece property. of real estate. Every APM, not just every land, piece of land or house or condos, all of it. Every commercial property. Is it incredibly simple to go in there and say, I only want these properties that are owned by this person in this area? For no, it's you have to. Dig you have in to a be you, honestly. Uh -huh. You have to be into it. Yeah. You have to, you know, when, the first time I opened a data set, it was RealQuest back in the day. I had to leave the office for 
I had to take a day off. I literally, I was so elated with the possibility of what was going to happen in my life. I'm I'm telling you, I was full-blown. I can tell you, you know what I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing I do. It was more than a day. So first he spent a week in Mexico (laughs) partying like a rock star. (laughs) Then he came back. (laughs) I think you did. Let's uh, be honest. Very very single yeah. when this happened and uh, I went I didn't go to Mexico oh excuse but me Old Town Scottsdale <laughs> served the purpose was, was in for a treat and that's true it was it was probably two days because I knew I knew right then and there after looking at it for an hour what was possible yeah and here we are this is you know that that was a late 90s mm-hmm. Your that database that you have access to as a Land Academy member, the Data Tree National Database, the the one that's got all of it, and they continue to improve it, mm-hmm. is something else. The one that you get it's, when you're in Land Academy automatically. It's it's yeah, <laughs> yes, and it's worth the price of admission. And, and I'll tell it's you, true. if you had to go get it on your own, it would be worth a uh, more ex- lot. I'm not selling anything here. It'd be a lot more expensive. That's than, why we do this. Yeah. Today's first topic is the myth of passive income as it applies to buying and selling land. I wrote uh, in the Discord section, we have uh, a section called noob, you know, for new new people. And we ask you in our program to go, the first thing is go to Discord, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on and why. And in there is a very lengthy, very well-written uh, entry about how a person who has a lot of commercial real estate experience joined another group of ours, uh, joined another group on the internet uh, and wasn't satisfied with the quality of the group or or, quote unquote, how in-depth it was about this topic. And so he finally found us, which forced me or uh, sparked the idea for this topic. Passive income, which is what this specific group teaches, does not not apply to this. (laughs) And and throughout throughout the next 15 minutes, I'm going to basically describe to you and prove to you why passive anything doesn't apply. Are you passive in your marriage? Are you passive with your little sister? Are you uh, passive in your uh, schoolwork or passive in in college? Can I jump in? Yeah. Okay. If you are, you're going to fail at it. So here's the thing. We were that's what we were talking about this morning when we were thinking about this topic is um you just roll your eyes over there? Yeah, I'm sure I did because it's stupid. It's <laughs> Oh, I thought you were rolling your eyes at no, me. Yeah. Oh good, there's no. another target besides me today. No, you'll know when I roll my eyes at you. <laughs> no, I don't. That's the problem. Oh god. Could be anything. Oh well. It wasn't me this time. No, no, it's not you. <laughs> it's it's sometimes you, but not this time. <laughs> so no, I roll my eyes because I'm like, why do people think get I I feel uh, I don't want you to feel bad I and I want you to know that you are not alone if you thought that what do you mean I can't buy a property here for a thousand dollars and then get three hundred thousand dollars down and then ninety nine dollars a month for five years <laughs> and have ten of those and just sit back and go woohoo and I do nothing well you know and because that's what some people are out there kind of teaching and talking about and coaching and I'm like 
what do you mean it's not going to be any work? Oh, there's work. You know, there's, there's always people that don't pay, lose their jobs, things happen, fall off the planet, you know, whatever it is you get to take and you don't want to take it back. I mean, just, there's so much customer service, especially when you think about it too. I mean, think about this for a second. A person who's buying a couple thousand dollar property or a person who's buying a hundred thousand dollar property think about how different those people are one's like this is all i have i'm so excited and one's like i'm a pro we don't need to talk about this so that's one aspect um to think about a lot of years ago uh early on in the land academy scenario i wrote a blog called chasing zero people still contact me about this concept so i am i'm literally writing a uh, an ebook a pretty pretty substantial ebook i don't know what it's going to be at some point might be a regular book about chasing zero and what chasing zero really is and apparently it's sung to a lot of people at least the type of people that join land academy is this i wake up in the morning trying to do less stuff than i did yesterday so if i can remove somehow something that was a pain in the butt or something even that I just had to do, uh, remove that out of my life so I can go and do more meaningful things to me, then that's what chasing zero is for me. And so I'm constantly chasing this concept of how can I outsource what I, with the stuff I don't want to do? How can I get a partner to do the things I don't want to do to make everything more efficient so I can actually go do the things that I want to do? And I don't mean go fishing. I mean, start a new company or something like that. A great example is getting a housekeeper. I don't want to do all this housework. Jill doesn't want to do it. It's, it's really not expensive at all in the scheme of things. Let's get a housekeeper. Check. That's one thing I got out of my life. There's, I have many, many, many other examples. This is why we have employees, because we can't all do all the stuff Mm-mm. that they do all day. We could possibly do it all. We wouldn't. You get burned out. You're not going to do it right. There's, we have people that are marketers. We, we have a, Jan, Jill has a transaction coordinator to this day. I believe this, and so does Jill. Uh, it, that is way better to do it deals than Jill and I is. She's better on the phone. She's more meticulous. Uh, she's part kook, for, for, you know, and I say that good with, with affection. <laughs> She's just kooky enough to talk to these real estate agents and these escrow agents. And so that was a huge chunk out of our lives. And our lives are better because she's in it. Right. So we're chasing zero. Right. I'm constantly chasing zero. So passive in- yeah. Go ahead. So passive income, my my point in saying all this is that I wake up trying to chase some type of passive income. True. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. If, you, if anything that's worthwhile is going to require some type of involvement on your part, might not be after you've got all the pieces in place and the players in place and all of it, your involvement might be I'm on standby. You know, Jill is on standby for all the deals that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We've got great people in place, so they don't need her very often, but they mm-hmm. need her once in a while. Yeah. So that's not passive income. Passive income is when you take a thousand dollars and you put it into a cd a certificate of deposit or a checking uh, not even a checking account a passive uh you know uh, there's all kinds of passive investment vehicles but even then you still get in a statement every month and you open it and you look at it so so my whole thing like this comes up often when i'm talking to people about joining land academy they're like well why wouldn't i do this i said well let's talk about that for a second (laughs) like because i've been there done that and i know a lot of people that have been there done that and you do this model okay you go along i'm gonna buy uh 50 properties 
and I'm going to get uh, $99 a month coming in, right? That's my goal. Awesome. So what's, is that five grand? Yeah. So you yeah, had to think about that. It's a rhetorical question. I know. So that's, no, for a lot of people are like, that's perfect. That's all I want to do. Okay, no, think about this. You got 50 customers. You think that every single month, all your 50 people at $99 a month are going to pay? Please test that and call me in a year. <laughs> and they go, and they do. Well, so that's number one. And I'm like, I just have to say it from experience and, and please ask the community because a lot of people in our community have been there, done that. So you're like, okay. Here's the other thing. Think about, do you want to get wealthy? It's one thing to sit back and just say, I got five grand coming in every month, but that's all I got. I'm not building anything right now, too. When those five grand pay off and I deed them the property, I don't have anything. I just got those months of I, I had all my expenses paid for versus, hmm, what if I take this money and I put this into a property, one deal, instead of buying, you know, I start with $10,000, instead of buying 10 $1,000 properties and setting them up like this, what if I put this $10,000 into one property and made that 20,000, huh? And then I put that 20,000 into something, next month I made it 40,000, and then I make it 80,000. And now I've only done handful, not even five deals. And now you're staring at $100,000. Now you can start making some different decisions. Do you still want to go do that? Probably not. And you could do one deal a month like that, and you're doing so much less work, and it's just... It's still not passive. It's not, but and that's you know, my point. But None you know of what, this is passive. You know what for me passive is, is I'll tell you right now, my passive, I feel like I have passive income because I work maybe four hours a week on land deals. Yeah, not and I, I honestly would argue, Jill, you know, because I think more. that's what happens. That's actually what our, what mm -hmm. our just if we didn't have Land Academy, Jill and I would probably work four to eight hours uh, a, a week, probably four you hours You would work a week. more than I do. Right. Your so, mail would take more, your trolling in mail probably takes more, right. you know? Mine's like, I just wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> but it's still not passive. Mm -hmm. And so this this whole, I thought this term would go away, but it's just stuck around. Geez, when we started yeah. Land Academy, there was such a trend, a massive trend, way bigger than it is now. Now it's like side gig or side side hustle. hustle. And, and none of those things are, those are cute little words for, yeah, you don't want to work that hard. Right. And so if, if you go into Which Land Academy, <laughs> listen, you know, if you go into all the stuff that you see, I'll use Grant Cardone as an example, or just anybody who's standing in front of their airplane, you know, if, if any of it's real and most of it's not, but I think in his case, it's real. Mm -hmm. He didn't. This he started he in a college off. dorm with with three stinky idiot got kids yeah. who were probably amounted to nothing, and he just believed in himself and had that first employee, and then that second employee, and the third employee, and maybe a first wife, and then that second wife, whatever. It's I don't know his. Wife, it is I good. think, and I think she's awesome. Don't, okay. Please don't poo poo Elena. <laughs> is that her name really? Yes. How do you know this stuff? Because I because I think she's this okay. Is truly amazing. Because I, I I I think they're cool. So I'm just using him as, as an example, but the we guy, don't go to you know, lunch or anything, not yet. <laughs> the guy's, uh, you know, he's just full of fire. Yeah, he, isn't, he worked his he doesn't off. want anything passive. No, he's waking up every day smashing it. So there, just I would like to make this, you know, official that buying and selling land is not passive. Well, there's a lot of work. Come and say it. It can be five years from when, when you join and figure it out and do your first deal, three to five years, it can be almost passive. 
I, but it's the word's not passive. It can be uh, not very much work. How about on autopilot? A lot of it. That's yeah. what I think. You know, the thing is too, here's, here's my final point on this. No matter what you're going to do right now, whether you're thinking of you're, if you're listening to this, cause you're trying to make a change, right? You're like, all right, do I go into land? Do I go get my real estate license? Do I save up and buy a Domino's pizza chain? I don't know, whatever it, or a franchise fill in the blank. They're all going to be work no matter what it is. They're all going to take something. And especially in the beginning. I don't care really what it is and what you what it's going to spin off. It's going to take work getting it started. You're going to you got a lot to learn. So pick something that sings to you, number one, and number two, speaking from experience from someone who has owned a pizza operation, pick, <laughs> pick, pick something, something with matters. a better ROI yeah, than a pizza. Because <laughs> if you think two dollars $2 an order is going to get you wealthy this month, I got to tell you, it's not. It's a slow road to wealth. <laughs> I mean, let's really, really deconstruct that. You have eight hours a day. Eight to ten hours of, depending on what your personal life is like, between eight and eighteen hours a day to spend on whatever chasing your dream. Let's call it that. You have all kinds of decisions to make because you could be Elon Musk, if that's what you wanted. Sure. Or you could be uh, a shopkeeper, a, a, a convenience store uh, owner, or anything in between. Land Academy falls in, the, in uh, between that. And so you have all kinds of choices, but chasing something that's passive is not the right, not the right path. Chasing something that pays out with eventually, that eventually you can scale, which is buying and selling land in my opinion, and where you can grow it to as much as you want and it's mostly variable costs, that makes a lot of sense to me. A lot of commercial real estate people that are old school, I'm actually old school commercial real estate, this business model doesn't work because you have to go out and churn these deals. You have to buy a deal and sell it and buy a deal and sell it, which for whatever reason between Jill and I, it really fits our skill sets really well. Commercial real estate people would argue, well, if I buy this, uh, this regional strip center and I finance it correctly and I have the right partners with the right project, uh, with the right property manager in place and it stays occupied, I don't have to do anything, but you do because you're constantly thinking, you just enjoy it. That's why you don't think that it, you're doing anything, but you're constantly thinking about, all right, the cap, we bought it at a seven capitalization rate. Uh, the rent escalations are going to get us to a 12 cap in three years. We got to prep for the 1099 exchange. Property management firms don't do that. And, and you're nuts if you let your accountant do it because they're not going to do it right. And those of you who are in that situation know exactly what I'm talking about. So no, it's not passive. It just happens to be something that you really like versus talking to tenants. I understand. I was, <laughs> you know, when you think of owning an office building and things like that, all I could think of is, I'd be worrying the roof's not going to yeah. need something yep. and all the Me plumbing's too, going to work today. Same thing. Fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, but Jack, there's triple net leases that you can lease to something True. like Bank of America. Sure, sure. And then you're still thinking about the 1031 exchange and the rent escalation and and, and debt service. Okay, I know I said I was ending it on that, but now I'm really ending it on this for me. <laughs> why is this, why do we, everybody, why has everybody got so lazy? Maybe this is part of the culture Wait, of that. I'd That's a whole this. other show. I, no, I think now's the time. <laughs> 
Why I is our love culture, this. why is this planet lazy? I love this job. Remember? I remember going in, punching a time clock. You know what? Wait, this is a discussion we had the other day. What do you mean after three occurrences you were fired? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I've had a job. And those of you know what I'm talking about. You're in attendance. There was attendance. And you had to be on time, punch a clock. And after three, you were let go. That's just what you had three in a year. If you had three in 12, a rolling 12 month period, you let go. And I remember getting excited when things would, after 12 months would fall off. Like, oh good, 12 months has passed. Now I'm back down to zero. So if I'm sick one day, I'm late, you know, car accident. That's just kind of what it, what it was. And you, you had to get up and go to work. And honestly, I kind of like it. I like doing stuff. I like moving forward. I like buying property. I like watching the bank balance go up. I like knowing that my daily uh, stuff contributes to that. Here's a thought that I've had recently. I was a kid through through the 70s and fortunate enough to have computers in my life since uh, middle school, whether they're in school, in the library, and ultimately uh, as a Christmas present for my parents because they were tired of me talking about it. And so... And all I kept thinking during that period was, I know where this is going. I know that this isn't like this computer that's on my desk is going to get better and cheaper because you could see that happening every year then. And they're going to connect them eventually. I remember my, me and my friends connecting our computers together for the first time when we were in, you know, maybe junior high. And then looking at each other saying, well, what if all computers were connected? And so we were always never appreciating the time we were in. You know, so then you get a little bit older, it's like, well, these times next year are going to be greater. They're going to be better. And then it's the, and then I was in accounting for and commercial real estate. Oh, next year I'm going to have a better year than this year. Accounting, I'm going to get promoted and it's going to be better. And then something like COVID happens or 9-11 happens when both of those things happen and it didn't make it better. COVID made this worse. And that's what Joe's referring to. We are now socially kind of kind of depleted or uh, diminished because of these events where there's more restrictions on us now. There's more things that, you know, everybody staying at home for, for two years doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anything, certainly under the guise of being passive. That's what staying at home for two years is, passive. <laughs> it's not active. I know. By the way, Land Academy and our land business thrived. Yeah. During those two years, we smashed it. I mean, we really, we doubled our was, revenue company wide and we've kept it there. I wasn't expecting that too when it all happened. I'm like, oh, like everybody, this is going to sink the ship. And then I'm like, oh no, this is even better for all of us. So in summary, I get chasing zero. I get wanting to put your feet up with a cocktail in your hand in, uh, in the Caribbean permanently someday i get that (laughs) i get it i have those same versions of those same goals Mm -hmm. Uh, they all involve jill now not just me uh in our family but i'm way too young for that and we do it a couple times a year and that's good enough for me and and it's and we have a ton of employees that are doing this stuff so you can't you're not going to do this in the first 24 months of anything that you start but it will happen if you're not chasing something passive Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from the weekly Thursday member webinar. Okay, um, Park County, Colorado, offer price thirty six thousand bucks. Owner said he would sell for forty thousand as long as it's what he walks away with. See how good this is, by the way. So WK offered thirty six. The guy says I won't do thirty six, but I'll do forty. You just get a number out of him, and it's not that far off. 
So um, he, he said properties in the area are going for two to three times, but you know what? I'm happy with 40. This is awesome. So WK says, all right, it's, um, I think I can sell it for 80. It's 40 acres. So the owner bought the property in 2016 from a customer. He planned to hunt on it as it's near Pike National Forest, but it only went out there a few times. It's getting old and it's time to let it go. Okay, access. It's got highway road access, check. Attribute, it's in Colorado against all this beautiful stuff, check. And uh, National Forest nearby. Check. Acreage, yeah, 40 acres is great. Adjacent. Somebody's building out there. Maybe we see it on Google Earth. So I don't care if there's a house going in on here that's $2 million. Okay. There's just not, There's it's got adjacent problems. What the there, there's just not, there's not a, there's nothing being built. There's, I mean, this is a good sign. I'm not here to be negative. I'm trying to find, you know, positive. I kind of like it. He paid 7,500 bucks for it. Now you're offering 40. Yep. So you need to know that one. Now 40, now my 40 is not good. Now my 36 went down too, by the way, but we can look and smoke that out. A rule for these types of properties are a hundred to $200 acquisition price. I would buy this for about $800, $8,000. Sell it for 30 or 40. That's what I was just thinking as we're digging in more. Can we look at comps? Look yeah. at 40 acres yeah. in that area. WK, I'm already thinking 40,000 is what you're exactly. You're going to be happy to sell it for that. Either 20 to 50 acre properties that are sold in the last six months. This is the same area because you can see this mountain ridge or mountain line. And then um, with the water here, the mountains, and then this kind of valley. This property is in the valley right here. So I'm pretty confident these are like kind. So the seller's not wrong. There's some good comps in here. What were the days on market? I mean, we could look them all up. Yeah. When I'm digging, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to go look and see what sold and how long, how long did it take I would to do sell. That. I would do that too. Did it Joe's take a right. year and a half to no. sell? This is what she means. Yeah. 2022. We don't even know. We don't. It just sold. It doesn't give us an, when you can still get it if you dig like in other places. So actually this is a paints a better picture than I thought active 95 150 so that's better news than i thought well here's here's exactly what wk wants to do buy this thing it looks just like this right this already has six months on market no now i'm see so 85 is clearly not going to work because you're going to be no better even though you're going to have beautiful pictures so the sell price so sale price of 40 or 35 you're going to be the way cheapest in the market with great access so mm -mm. 180 days with 400 views and 23 saves, that's not good. Mm -mm. Cheaper. The dirt's okay. I would call her and ask her, why is this not sold? And then she'll probably is going to say price. I, and I would have that conversation with her WK. And then I would say, what price would move this property? And you watch her say like 55, 38, 38 yeah. whatever she comes back with. Then you need to go. You got to cut that down. Hopefully she'll even dig deeper and say, oh yeah, we had an offer for X, Y, Z and they wouldn't take it. Yeah, something like that. I'm trying to find. So the the truth is, I would I wouldn't bail on this deal. I'd go back and say, here's what we found. Here's the story. And and uh, look at 2021 sold for 42. This person's trying to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So there's your answer, WK. Mm -hmm. You need to buy it for no more than 20. What did you say? I said eight. You said eight. I like eight. Maybe 10. Yeah. Okay, but this, did you know we have a full blown ready, boy, we just, we just visited it again a couple weeks ago. Uh, 
direct mail printing operation to help you. Check out offers and the number two owners.com. It's awesome. So let me tell you a little bit about what we can do. If you're like, okay, this is great. I hear you guys talking about data. I hear you about talking about getting offers to sellers. There's a piece in the middle. How do I get these letters to these people? My handwriting things? Oh my gosh, no. Can you imagine how long that would take? Uh, no. <laughs> offers by the thousands are getting out to uh, property owners to buy their property. And that's how we got where we are today. So check out offers, the number two owners.com. Basically, what you're going to do is uh, go on there, give them a call if you have any questions, but it's where you can go and upload a spreadsheet. They'll put it into a beautiful letter format for you and get it in the mail with your offer price, your company logo, your website, your name, your phone number, everything will be on there. And including if you're like, okay, that's great, but I'm still not that good about the data part. Well, don't worry. We have a service there. It's our concierge service and they will actually go down the data for you. Same one we use. Uh-huh. Get it pre-scrubbed for you, ready to price with stuff for you to know how to make an accurate price, like some sales comps and price per acre from wherever they store, from wherever you guys scrub it. Um, and so you can accurately price these offers and get them out. And it really will keep you on track too. Nice work, Joe. Thank you. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek at this, go to uh, our Discord channel and take a look at it on landacademy.com. It's free and it's uh, read only. Greg wrote, hi everyone. I'm James from Salt Lake City, Utah. Brief background. I got started in commercial real estate in 2005 by raising and investing capital in a 50-unit multifamily property in the Bronx, New York City. I've since raised capital for more of those over the years with the biggest raise just last quarter. While in New York City, I attended New York City's I sent I attended NYU's commercial real estate master's program and was very involved. So I know commercial real estate folks all over the world. I worked in acquisitions for a couple of years, then transitioned to a brokerage where I've spent most of my time in the office and industrial sectors in Salt Lake City. I've spent time working in every CRE sector. I've gotten nice fees, but I've seen my clients knock the ball out of this park comparatively. So joining this group is my foray into running my own business and calling my own shots. Thrilled to be a part of Land Academy, although it's taken me a bit, a bit to think of that as Land Academy rather than oh Los Angeles, <laughs> LA, LOL, got it. Yeah, I, I agree with think you. About that. I, I did. I think yeah, about it all the time. That's funny. And looking to be actively involved and bring value where I can. I have access to pro versions of CoStar and LoopNet at my brokerage, which may prove useful Heck at yes. times. I'm recently I'm a recently joined member of the Land Geek program as well. But the deal sizes here are ultimately more my size uh, or style. I'm committed to probably both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm committed to sending a large amount of mail out this year. So I'm just trying to get set up right now so I can pull the trigger on my first mailer ASAP. Looking forward to learning from all of you and creating something special here. You know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that came here from other groups. And a lot of it is, hey, I got my feet wet. I get it. I learned the land thing, but now I'm here to do some bigger deals or make this my career. This is exactly exactly how I got started in 1993 in commercial real estate. I got tired of making other people money as mm -hmm. a broker. 
I got tired of, of waiting on the phone. Jill knows this. Mm-hmm. Waiting on the phone for a decision after talking to somebody and listening to somebody describe their perfect acquisition, me spending a month and a half on my own dime to go find out, find that perfect acquisition or 10 of them and only to have that person say, yeah, I, I changed my mind. So I, that being the person on the other side of the phone has always been my dream until I was that person on the other side of the phone. And then now Jill's the other side. That's even better. Jill's on the other side of the phone. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking about joining Land Academy, this is the kind of people, this person just true. joined. These are the kinds of people that you're going to rub shoulders with. And if this makes sense to you, you know, this person has an, a tremendous amount to offer this group. I hope they join Career Path because I would love. I have questions mm. for this person because raising capital for commercial real estate is not what it used to be. It was very hard in the past with the internet. Raising capital has become a lot easier. Mm. It's easier for you as a Land Academy member, potential Land Academy member, because that's what we all are. Mm-hmm. We're sources of capital for you for your acquisitions. Totally. I love having this type of person in our group who comes to us consciously saying, "I have a bunch of experience, and I get what you guys are doing." And it makes sense to me to send out a ton of offers. Mm -hmm. Today's second topic is it only takes between 10 and 15 deals per year to make a million bucks in this environment. I'm not here to sell you something. This isn't some sales pitch. This is the truth. And there's a, like I said earlier in the program, there's a kind of a trend. We have a lot of people who joined uh, Land Academy during that during the during January, mm-hmm. December and January. Mm-hmm. And it's always like that every year. And Jill runs um, promotions and stuff to satisfy that desire. You know, it's the same desire I would like by, uh, you know, you're a lot more prone to think about buying a treadmill in January. It's the same thing because you want to oh, make yeah. change, healthily make changes in your life. So there's, there's trends end of the year coming into the new year. Also, also too at the end when people are going back to school, we all think about what should I be doing more to when the kids are going back to school. So I totally agree with all of that. So my point is, there's a trend in Discord. The peop, these newer people that have signed up who are new and sending mailers out, they're getting the responses and the results from their mailers right now. They're talking about it in Discord. Yeah. And there's this somewhat of a trend like, geez, I got all these deals back and uh, my phone's ringing off the hook. It's just not working. And I don't mean not working. It's just like, yeah, there's not, it's that the deals are not. So there's some kind of disconnection at the end of this where we're not communicating this correctly or maybe to certain people, Jill and I are not telling you what to expect when you, when all this, uh, these diamonds that are encrusted in carbon are falling out of the sky mm-hmm. into your lap when you open all these these uh but you got to crack that carbon off there's a diamond in there i was going to cover that more in a few minutes in my little oh. part so i'm happy to share that so let's do some real easy math then this is yeah <laughs> thank you for jumping ahead i, I appreciate that. that so uh what you're looking for is one fantastic deal per mailer one deal that where you look at it and say, and and the the uh, offer signed offer figuratively drops out of your hand on the desk, and you say, "Well, I have to do this deal. I don't care where I get the money. I got to do it. it. This thing's going to make a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollars, maybe eighty thousand, maybe sixty thousand. 
If you multiply every deal that you do by 12, that's how much money you're going to make that year. Mm -hmm. If it's 60,000, one deal from one mailer a month. If it's 60,000 bucks, you're going to make uh, 60,000 times 12. Which is seven hundred, you know, seven hundred twenty grand. If I may, <laughs> here's the whole point, and this is this is stuff that I talk about all the time when I'm talking to people. That they're like, okay, what's going on? What do you mean I don't have to work that hard? What do you mean I could just do one deal a month and make a million? And when you really sit back and look at it, you go, oh, I guess it does make sense. You know, we talked about earlier passive income and all these little deals, and I mentioned, you know, you can do some much bigger deals, and you should. And you know, this is this is uh, normal and natural progression. It's scary starting off and adding zeros, but if you can jump right in and go for these bigger deals, your life is so much easier and there's so less work to do and you have so much more time. And then you can decide if you like to keep it like that or if you wanna do even more deals. You know, do I, when you learn to make one million a year and I'm gonna tell how in a second, you go, well, shoot, I can times five that in a, in a heartbeat. I can do it, you know, or even times four. I do if I do one deal a month and I make sure that I'm gonna make at least eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a month. Got it, noted. That's that's great, that's easy. Versus um, I'm gonna do, and then you do, I'm gonna do one deal a week like that once I figure it out. Um, then you can see how it all adds up. How I the best way is if you're a new Land Academy member and you haven't got into um, the dashboard. Scroll down to the tools, which is all new and reconfigured for you, and found the equity planner. This is what I'm talking about. Sit sit down and look at that equity planner, which is a spreadsheet that uh, Jack lovingly made for us a couple a while back, and we share with everybody. And this is what we do all the time. Open up that equity planner and put in how much money you want to make this year. Let's just say it's $1 million. Awesome. And then you fill in another box that says, well, how many deals do you want to do? One a month. Great, now that's figured out. So now you figure out, all right, well that means I gotta make $100,000 a month on that one deal. All right, great. Realistic or not, we don't know. And you start backing into it like, maybe well, 60. How much do I need to buy for? How much do I need to sell for, obviously, right? To make that money work. And you start back, you can really back into, well, how many mailers is that gonna take? And how, how hard am I gonna have to work? And how many deals am I gonna be looking at every month that comes back? It's all kind of right there for you. But when you really, you have to sit back look at that and digest it all uh, and you can see that it's really mm -hmm. possible it's not nuts i know a lot of people are like i'm just happy making a hundred thousand dollars this year well shucks you know when you when you think about that well great especially those numbers if you just want to make an extra hundred grand this year totally serious oh, right that's say I'm gonna do one deal a month and make ten thousand dollars. In this group, that's like child's play. Or just one deal that's in June nothing. and make a hundred grand. You know, honestly, it. we have taught our kids to do that. Mm -hmm. Now that they get excited about it, motivated about it, not yet, but they, but they know how to do it. You know, and and that makes me feel good. And that's another show. Um, we are teaching. You know, it's kind of neat. That's another little byproduct of this. That there's a lot of people in Land Academy that are here to not only uh, do this for themselves and, and make this income to fill in the blank, you know, fill that hole, but also teach their kids so they know that their kids always know how to make money and keep food on the table and they never have to worry, which is, which is awesome. But that's it, you just have to sit and work it backwards and it sounds like, what, you guys are, it's gonna be that easy? You know, when you do the math and then you look at what works involved in it and then you just kind of dive in and you come up for air, you realize you're doing it. 
that's it. You're going to sit back and know that, all right, well, I got to send out 10,000 units of mail a mm-hmm. month. All right. And I'm going to get two deals minimum, two to four deals. Let's just say, cause I'm, I'm new. I'm new when you're, when you're better and more experienced, you'll get more deals out of that, out of that. And yeah. And as you get rolling, you'll get more deals out yeah. of that because those 10,000 units you send out every month, it's going to keep yielding properties for you, potentially for your lifetime. It is for us, especially right now. I got so many people calling me back from uh, mailers that are over five years old, some over 10 years old. So this stuff will keep spinning off property once you get going. So my point is in writing this topic and really spending some time talking about it, is that everybody, if you look on the internet, everybody's standing in front of a jet on a tarmac somewhere, say, toasting themselves about how incredibly successful they are. And it, it just gets lost. It gets lost in this myriad of, I gotta send out 100,000 mailers, all these offers came back, I, I don't know what to do. It seems I, overwhelming. You know, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna use the word overwhelming, it just gets lost. The, I'm trying to, this topic is meant, to help ground this 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 concept you only need to do one deal a month you only need to send five to ten thousand units out of a month to, to pretty much guarantee that you're going to find it if you do if you do everything we talk about in the programs if you walk uh, watch the week the weekly calls and how we analyze these products utilize all the resources uh most importantly discord ask questions along the way so you send out a real effective mailer that's priced correctly and you answer the phone you're at five to ten thousand a month if you You do do just great you're gonna make a million dollars a year yeah am i guaranteeing that no because the let mailers got to be right you have to choose the right area gotta answer the phone you have to have a joe like personality whether it's you or somebody else really engaging even with the people who are angry engaging the person on the other end of the phone to get the piece of real estate that you're talking about to a price, an acquisition price, that's going to be make you successful financially. So forget about the jets, forget about there's people in our group that make six, seven, eight million dollars a year. All you need to do is one deal a month. Agreed. It's it's like it, uh, you just need to take us. That's why we're here. That's what I was starting to say. That's why we're here to help you too. You know, we're spelling out, you know, this big picture concept. You're like, okay, great, but there's yeah. a lot of little pieces in there. Yeah, there are a lot of little pieces mm-hmm. in there. But you know what? Lucky for you, we've done them all. We've done them all wrong. And failed at all. We've done yeah. them all right. That's right. <laughs> we've done it wrong. We fixed them, and, and we continue to make mistakes and fix them. We continue to test things. We're always going to say, "That's the thing about us too." We're, this is our business. I, I'm I'm very proud to say, you know, I love Land Academy. This is my passion. I love Land Academy ladies and all the other things that we do in Career Path. But hey, I'm a land investor first. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. And lucky for you, I'm a land investor first because I need to be out there in front of you figuring things out. I need to be, he needs to be in front of us going, "Uh uh-oh, this changed. And this is like the whole zip code thing. So-and-so is now not showing zip codes. So here's how you have to go get it. We're always right there ahead of you, helping you, guiding you, showing you the way. I know these things change because when I go to do my mailer, I'm like, well, this, this, I have to change how I'm doing this mailer. Because what I did last time just doesn't work this time. Well, I better tell everybody else. Can you imagine like, it's like going to, it's like a, uh, having a uh you know it's funny i think about like 
Cold Stone Creamery. I don't know why this. Well, because we're in Arizona. So our our uh, former mayor, Doug Ducey. What's that? Governor. Excuse me, former governor. Thank you, Doug Ducey. Um, I love being corrected like that. Just I kidding. That. <laughs> it's I love it too. <laughs> I'm going to hear about it after, after we turn the mics off. No, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. our former governor, Doug Ducey, was the head of Cold Stone Creamery, right? And it's interesting because he obviously left Cold Stone Creamery when he became governor. He can't effectively run the franchise when he is the governor. I... I don't know if it's as effective now. Do you even see them like growing? I'm sure he did a good job, you know, starting it up. I remember watching it here in Arizona take off and grow and getting more cold stone. I didn't even know who the guy was. I remember seeing along the freeway, along the 101, the, you know, like the office buildings. And I knew that he had like a, and it, he'd take the owners in there and they'd and do it. But he had to take his, he, he took a different role. So he had to take, you know, his, you know, he had to transition. So... It's, I, I don't, are they as effective? What do you think? Like, I know for us, we are as effective because we're still in this business. I'm not going to leave it to do governor. <laughs> I'm not, a, you know, first of all, Jill has this fascination with Cold Stone Creamery, and here's why. I like ice cream. It comes up. If you have uh, 7,000 hours on, on your hands, go back and mm. listen to this. And Cold Stone comes up a dis- disproportionate really? number of times. And... Cold stone comes up in our lives, and here's uh, too much. Here's why. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't like this. Is the first time I brought it up, and I don't remember when. Now, Jill's Dairy a kid. Queen. When Jill was a kid in Laguna Beach, she worked at Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. I did. And like, is her high school job or or yeah. a teenage job? So every single place we go, there's there's a lot of Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factories. Oh yeah. We got to go in there, and Jill talks to everybody and the people that work there. And, Yep. I don't even go in anymore. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I noticed that. And she comes out with a, a grocery size bag of chocolate and stuff, which we should never be eating. So she's predisposed for this business model, this little shop oh, that's I got am. chocolate and happy people in there. And it's a big treats thing. And, and, and then a bunch of years ago, her family came to her and said, we should buy these Cold Stone locations. We should be a franchisee of Cold Stone Creamery. It never materialized. So she's got that half fascination about what goes on. True. As a business model, tiny little shops like that are you're so capped in the yeah. amount of money that you're gonna true. that you can potentially make. If you spreadsheet it out, it'll never work. It's true. So you're capped anyway. Then you're capped from a as a franchisee. You have all this responsibilities about where you buy supplies, yeah. where. Uh, uh, how much money you pay, uh, top line revenue, you have to share percent, revenue percentage. Yeah, they help you with the leases, but your shop has to look a certain way. Right. It can't just look, you know, if I was just an independent. So as a business model, the only person who ever probably wanted that is Doug Ducey. And I'm not knocking him because I actually think oh, he's he did some great stuff for our yeah. state. But I just had to bring that up because uh, we talk about Cold Stone too much. I don't bring it up that often, but that's okay. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, twice a year is too often. Yes. <laughs> Once a quarter. Talking about Cold Stone. Too walking often. into a Cold Stone. Oh, what is, is, is it? it is it better? Oh, when is it my turn? What is can it, I? Oh my God. Is it better? Ice cream better? No, it has nothing to do with that. I don't care. No, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, oh go ahead. Oh my gosh. I'm sure, what do I talk about too much? <laughs> oh, I'm money. thinking. Let me think for a few minutes. I'll come up with something. Money, depreciation, and single malt scotch. Yeah, let's. We'll, we'll come up with some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save it. That's good. <laughs> 
Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. This is why we do this. I'm glad you asked. All right, would you do this deal? Love County, Oklahoma. Accepted offer price $68,000. Thinks we can sell it for a hundred. Comps in this area are 80,219,000. $80, There's one pending for 99,000. 10 acres, access, affordable. Large acreage and homes nearby, down the road from Murray Lake, 20 minutes from the town of Marietta, and everyone's alive. Okay. And it's 100 acres. So here's my thought process. This looks good. Access right here. There's a little bit of a drain off slash deserty stuff that's not showing up on FEMA. So that's good. Like a pair. Oh, it's a partial ownership. Oh, <laughs> undivided. Well, maybe it's one oh. APN. Pearl, Alma has an eighth. Ruth has an eighth. Let me get, we got Alma, we got Ruth, we got Verda, we got Raymond, we have Martha. Oh no. And now we have 124th. Mm. And the trustee. So I would call an attorney. Let's just see if it's worth anything first. Okay. You know, one, one of the sixes is alive. What we really mean is this. So Isn't that nice? that's, that's use, a good catch. They use a the legal description. This is why I look at the legals. They use the legal description to tip you off that there's something you need to know here. So, you know, it's making me wonder because the APNs are kind of, because she put in a different APN. What if that 10 acre piece is a little cut off of the big piece and we got more to undo? So it's a great example of, of um, you got to deal in. Oklahoma. You did what you're supposed to do. And after whatever, 30 to 45 seconds of review, we all have way more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. We don't look at That's why the owner's not in there too, because it's not. I can't fill it all in. <laughs> at all <laughs> actually Jill might be an owner of that part of the owner too there's yeah. so many owners so you know I, let's just say a hundred thousand bucks is what they're let's just look at it as a real deal mm-hmm. assuming it's perfect ownership wise 10 acres for 90 it starts there 113 days 10 acres for 120 six acres for 120 this is all good news I'm writing down a number. Six results in the sold category. Here's 10 acres for 8,000. That's that's strange. Uh, so seven acres for 100. We got six sold results in the last six, six months and seven active. So I have my per, I have my price written down what I would pay. Assuming everyone's alive. There's just one document and we just need to have everybody because they're going to get together at Thanksgiving, have the tourney over so they can all sign for it. I'm going to blurt a number out when you turn it around. Okay. 22,000. I put 25, he's 22. What would you guys do? I, well, I think I'd almost work backwards from what I think we could sell it for. Um, and I'd like to be the, you know, competitively one of the lowest priced ones in a small market like that. So, um, are you comfortable with, you know, listing it at 85,000, 70, you know, thousand and working backwards from there. And I think I'd land somewhere near where you're at Jill with the 25, you know, uh, you don't want to get too far into that without, you know, with, with having a huge expense, with not knowing how fast, how long you're going to sit on that property. Mm-hmm. So the next conversation, Aaron is what are our days on market? I only got a hundred days on market or two for the cheap one. Uh-huh. So this is not, this is not done yet. So here's my thing, Aaron, when you, when you explain to them, there's 42 people listed on this, can all 42 sign? And they go, Oh, and then you go, okay, hold on a moment. Here's what has to happen then. And then you could start if it's even possible. And then you have to help them get an attorney involved to get this done. There's how you can easily knock that price down. I'm glad we looked at that. These are all good to look at and to see and understand and, you know, so yeah. 
Julie, you have something inspirational to share. I wanted to talk for a few minutes about uh, how people sometimes are missing deals. This came up the other day. We leave it on the screen while I'm talking. Yeah, sure. Okay, good. So um, this came up the other uh, day, about a week, about a week and a half ago. You and I did a live thing on. We did a live webinar. It was really cool, and I'm sure you can still get the replays out there. And someone brought up, uh, you know, almost like calling it a failed mailer. They didn't use that term, but it's like I sent all these offers, I didn't get any juice back. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that for a second. Um, there are usually common things when you send out a mailer and you feel like you're not getting any juice. Maybe you sent, let me paint the picture. The mailer goes out, phone calls come back. Um, you or you may, you may or may not be answering the phone. I'm just gonna say maybe you, you have a day job so it all goes to your Google Voice. You listen to your Google Voice later on and everybody's just saying go jump on a lake. And now two weeks have passed and you feel like I bombed, I did nothing. Well often there's some things that you could do differently right out of the gate to make this a successful mailer. So this is really I wanna talk about how you can turn every single mailer response or there's there's an opportunity in every single mailer response that you get and a lot of people miss this so can you on that blue is distracting for me thank you very much um every first thing i want you to do is if you when your mailer goes out i want you to be ready i want you to you know, you kind of already know the area because if you did your own picking the county, if you don't have a partner like I do, right, you're doing it yourself, you put a lot of recon into picking the county. You did a lot of recon into properties in that area. You did a lot of recon into, you know, what's going on, price per square foot, you know, uh, what the terrain is, what what you're looking at. You have some ideas here. I want, And you know, too, what you should be asking these sellers when the calls come in. So that's number one being ready. Number two, here come the calls. That's usually, that's going to be the first thing that happens. The mail hits, you know it, when you get these phone calls coming in. And if you're afraid of those and or you can't answer the phones, you're shoving them off to your Google voicemail, you're going to miss stuff right out of the gate. I want you and or uh, a live body, whether it's even Pat Live, answering the phone, that's going to already set you up to get a better response. They know how to do it. When you set it up through us, they know who you are. They know your land academy. That team is ready for those phone calls. They are coached and counseled by Pat Live before they, before we coached and counseled. And when I say we, I mean me. It got to that. And then now they do their own coaching and counseling too to be ready for these calls. They're ready for them. They're gonna, they're, they want to take in as much information. I want you to take in as much information as you can. You need to answer the call and you need to, like I said, think of everything as an opportunity. Think of every mad person as they're reaching out to me for some reason. And usually I, they're reaching out because they do want to sell and maybe they don't like your price or maybe they even do. They just need to get it off their chest. They're not happy about it. They need to know you're a real person. They need to understand this process. They need to understand that it's real and they can sell to you and there's an opportunity there. So there's there's usually two things like I was saying going into this and then we talked about that the other night in the webinar. 
two things that reason that will make you think it was a not successful mailer. Number one is um, you didn't answer the phone. There's not a live person there. And, uh, you know, number two, you're not following through and answering, asking the right questions. So when the call comes to me, I automatically assume that I'm going to get a deal here. This is what you need to walk away with right now. You need to automatically know that every time someone's calling your phone, there's a deal right there. And I, all I got to do is figure out, is it my price or their price? That's it. And as quickly as possible, get to that point. Get to be on the same page with them and turn those people into an acquisition opportunity. Who cares if it's not your price? What is the price? You just need to know that there's something there and say, look, the bottom line is, now there's a few rarely that they're like, I really don't want to sell ever. And you'll get that, but that's less than 1%, I'm gonna argue, um, or maybe 1%. Let's just say that like, I'm really only calling you because my husband's buried here, my grandparents are buried here, my great-grandparents are buried here, I will be buried here, all right. When you think like that, there's a 1% that's, that's really it. But the other people, there's a number and maybe it's a make me move number, right? But there's a number there. You just got to get that out of them. And then you decide that works for you. So there's always an opportunity. Let me describe, I think this might be very helpful <clears throat> to bring clarity to this topic because Jill's exactly right. But let me describe the process that I had yeah. uh, before Jill and I joined forces in a very successful real estate operation. Uh, it was so different than, than it is now and much less successful than it is now. Uh, largely because of Jill, but but I was starting out back then and still were finding stuff. But here was my process. I had a person who I hired, her name was Debbie, and she was a, a very successful uh, escrow agent. And she was very, very good on the phone. And so I did what I do now. I sent all these mailers out. We had a CRM, very similar, well, effectively the same thing as uh, Airtable. Sent all these mailers out, just like I do now, same format, same verbiage, and same way we priced it. It took a lot longer. It was a lot harder and more clumsy and took me a lot more time to do it. And it was way more expensive because we didn't have offers to owners. But I got the, these uh, mailers out in the mail and they would call back. And Debbie was uh, not in the same office that I was in and I couldn't see her and she couldn't see me, but I could hear her and she could hear me. That's just how our offices were set up. And these calls would come in and, and I could hear if it was going to be a disaster or if it was going to be uh, a happy person that just really wanted to do, to do the deal. And she handled every single deal the same way. I'm sorry, you feel that way? Uh, would you like uh, me, I will, because I, my names are on the mailer at the time, would you like me have Stephen um, relook at the deal and see if it's a new, uh, if there's a more appropriate price based on what you're telling me, maybe we, we price the mailer. She was full of one-liners. Mm -hmm. And so she would put, and this is the rules back then, and I would encourage you to follow some version of this, put every deal in that CRM. She was not, unless they signed the offer or said, I really want to do the deal at that price. She, she was uh, not authorized to negotiate anything on that one first phone call. So everything went in the CRM and it went into acquisition opportunity because every deal is an acquisition uh -huh. opportunity. Every single sure. one is an acquisition opportunity. And I just telling the story, my heart starts to, to uh, beat 
and I start to have endorphin rushes and this positive thing because when people start to call in a mailer and they're complaining about it, all I feel is glee. Me too. It's like, wait a minute. This is an opportunity to have a conversation. I know now that they got the mail. Yeah. Uh, They may or may not be happy with the price. It's only a matter of time before I find that that diamond encrusted in carbon and we smash one out of the park. And we're probably going to hit a lot of singles along the way. And so she would jam these these uh, these properties all day long. These properties would would start to uh, populate in the CRM. And so every morning I would come in, we would all horse around. And at about 10 o'clock, I would dig into that. And, And this went on for years. Dig into that CRM. And I would make write in comments just like we do now. And I and if it was a, a go ahead deal, I would move that deal from acquisition opportunity to acquisition approved or I would move it to uh, acquisition pending if I looked it up and found out it didn't have access or I needed to adjust the price or Debbie, please go back and do uh, whatever this is. But little by little by little, we chipped away at a mailer. Mm-hmm. And found the deals that were stand up triples, slide in doubles, singles, and once in a great while, you, you hit one out of the park. Mm-hmm. That is turning every mailer response into an acquisition opportunity. Not a deal. Right. Not everyone's going to be a deal. Correct. But they all deserve to be looked at. And if they don't have access or there's some huge flaw, they're still worth something. Mm-hmm. Go back and, and offer them a thousand bucks and say, you know, the people are responding to this because they probably need money or who knows why, but they want to do a deal in, the, in their soul. Right. Jill's been saying this for 50, 10 years. That's what I think. They reach out to you for a reason. I think everyone that reaches out and calls you really doesn't want to sell. You just got to get on the same page about the price. And sometimes getting on the same page is letting them know who you are and like, look, I'm not an agent. This is not retail. We're not here to one up your neighbor. That's not what this is. This is my business. I'm going to give you a good price. You know, if you really want to unload this and let's, let's talk about it. If you're a one person show and most of you are, if you're new, you're doing Deb- Debbie's job and my job. Right. And Jill's job or my job. And so since then, Jill has her own process and it's way, way wildly more successful uh, than it was back then. And she doesn't, um, she's able now to cut. There's a lot of back and forth. She was, Debbie was on the phone for eight straight hours um. and Jill's not and her staff's not because they, they're able to cut through a lot of this stuff uh, much more efficiently. True. If you're a one person operation, you're gonna have to do the, both of these things. You're going to have to be on the phone a ton, whether it's returning calls or answering calls or or whatever, taking a you know taking a heat temperature of what's happening, and seeing if there's a deal there or not, or just report. What it's easier, largely, I would say it's if you're a one person operation, it's easier because you know right away. Totally. You don't have to put it in the CRM and wait for somebody to make a decision and call back and all of that. There's, and that's why Jill's so refined at this because she's just got it licked. She can tell right away whether we're going to do the deal or not. Thank you. <laughs> There's deals in all of this. Totally. All right, your turn, Jack. What have you got to share for us today? Something information. I want to talk about cash flow. Oh, cool. This goes back to my accounting days, but it goes back in, into my soul too. The topic is uh, the real problem with managing your business and life by cash flow. There's a concept out there. It's not new, but it's been regurgitated um, by people and economists talking about it. And they use a tube of toothpaste as a uh, as an example. When you buy a new tube of toothpaste and you crack it open, how you use that toothpaste on your toothbrush 
is very, very different than how you use toothpaste at the very end of the tube. You know, you might in the beginnings just slather it on there and enjoy I've yourself. I've never heard this. It's an economic concept. I didn't know this. And it, it flowed over to accounting too, because it's very rare that accountants and economics agree cool. on anything. Okay. When you're at the end and you're jamming a thing on the sink and you're trying to just get that, I can get one more day. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. I, and in college, you'd look in the inside the grout for toothpaste and rub your Ew. tooth. Anyway, that's what I did. Yikes. Maybe that's why. TMI. <laughs> Oh, I want to kiss that. <laughs> Julie, you've always had low standards in men. So yeah. I can't help you with that. Oh, no. I wish I did. Now I can't unsee that. <laughs> this is awful. Oh, yuck. <laughs> Not hugging my teenager or my college kid so, right now. Why is it so fun to discuss certain people yeah. in, your, in your family? I'm not sure. Great. <laughs> you can't manage your life like that tube of toothpaste. You can't do a mailer, in my opinion. And if your bank account's uh, full, it's that full tube of toothpaste and you got 100,000 bucks in there or at, you're at the mm-hmm. end and you've got 5,000, you're, you're not, you can't look at the, the same deal based on that. You can't, um, there, I know so many people, I've, over the years I've heard a million people say this. Well, it's the end of the month and I don't have any money left. So no, I can't, I can't, uh, can't go to the show with you. Well, I just got paid. Sure, let's go out. <laughs> Can you imagine if I did that? That's awesome. How many times have your true. friends said that oh, all true. throughout your life? Oh, no, that's true. It's like bonus check Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like, yeah. yeah totally. If everybody's on the pay- same payment cycle, like working for the same company, yeah. which I think Jill's experienced. And so you're all broke at the same time I of the month. I forgot all about this, but yeah, it's totally you're true. You're all splitting the same $5 bottle of vodka and eating ramen noodles yeah. until you get that little paycheck. Yeah. I can't wait till I get my paycheck. And then I can go out. Yep. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible cycle to be in. And you can break the cycle mentally by forcing yourself, especially now with automatic payments and all of that, forcing yourself to stop living by cash flow because you'll never get out of that cycle. Never. What you will do to smooth it out is to find credit, sources of credit. And so now you've got credit card debt and and it's a, uh, on a personal basis, it's, that's not good. You have to save money. You have two choices that break this cycle, both in your business and personally save money, which sucks. Nobody wants to talk about it. And I, and I, you know, who wants to save money or make more money, make more money and allocate it as you're making more, you might allocate it toward mail. You might allocate it toward, uh, uh, putting creating an uh, uh, retirement fund or a college fund. Go ahead. What about spending less? Well, spending less is you know that's up to you. That's a personal choice. Spending less. If you're spending too much money on on stuff that you don't need, then you need a psychiatrist. Not not this. You don't need this podcast. I'm really serious about that. Like, no, nobody needs nobody needs a new hairbrush, really. No, I'm just like some people like like I because today I can afford that two bedroom, whatever awesome apartment on the top floor, or whatever. When so, you're like, do you really need the two bedroom apartment Jill's, on the top floor by yourself? Jill's really right. Um, I'm just asking. There's two obviously two components: revenue and expense. And so, it, this 
talking about managing your own personal expenses is not something I ever want to talk about. I, I think if you can't do that again, I think that's there's some, you know, and we have separately when we were younger, uh, Jill and I've talked about this many times over the years, experienced that. We've experienced, you know, well, I need new shoes because everybody else has new shoes. I think it's a normal part of grow, becoming an adult. You should grow out of that. If you're having trouble with that, I would suggest you go figure that out. Not here, though. <laughs> I'm talking about managing cash flow. Sorry. And the mentality with that. So especially in your business. So we just covered personally how it, the toothpaste thing in your business especially in this business, you're gonna hit it and you're gonna hit it pretty soon. And so when you get $80,000 back or if you go go do deal funding or, or whatever you choose and you get 40 or $30,000 check or $40,000 check, do not spend that money, allocate it. You need to allocate that, uh, that money for a new mailer, um, for, you know, if you have bills to pay, I get it, that's fine. And then continue to use deal funding until you don't need it anymore and manage your money, not by cash flow. It's a downward cycle that will never end. And I just wrote, the reason I wrote this topic is because I just wrote a very interesting article, I'm gonna talk about it later today on the Thursday call, about the differences between, uh, and I'm quoting this article, it was fascinating. It was one of these articles You read or I, you wrote? I read it. Oh, okay. Fascinating, did I say wrote? I thought so. I'm like, where can I read this? It was one of these articles where I started to read it, like most articles, I'm like, this is so stupid, who's doing, and then it ended up being great. Uh. The, the mentality or the, or the thought process of people who are very, very poor, people who are this what would good. call, what the world would call middle class. I don't believe in these titles, by the way, but I'm just regurgitating this article. And then people who have wealth, and I do agree with that title. And the people who are poor, and the people who have wealth think very similarly. It's the people in the middle that are spending too much, like Jill is saying, and are, are living their lives through ca by cash flow. Yeah. That are just, uh, they're doing the right thing revenue-wise, or most of them are, they just can't get out of it. Yeah, that's sad. I get it. So please, uh, if this sings to you, we have, we have such limited time on the show all the time. If this sings to you, please look it up because uh, you can change your life within 30 days pretty quickly mm -hmm. if you start to just understand understand what the decisions that you're making and why. Somebody in, in, within this article, the person who wrote it did an extensive poll where they had access, uh, access to a, an extensive poll where they asked people to define the difference between assets and liabilities and 85% couldn't do it. Understood. Noted. <laughs> Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You're not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information. And inspiration. To buy undervalued property.